Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Motor City Hoops. Today we'll recap this past week's games, a COVID postponement versus the Nuggets and two losses for the Jazz and the Suns. We will then transition to three one three All Things Pistons segment and talk about Derrick Rose, Dwayne Casey and the 2021 draft. To finish off, we'll spend some extra time around the NBA discussing who is the MVP, most disappointing team, and biggest surprise, and players as we move past the core of the season. Bryce, I'm going to go straight to you with the Utah Jazz game. What were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, so this was one of those where the slow start that we've tended to have uh, came back into play. The Jazz are coming off uh, their first loss um, after an 11-game win streak. And they were ready to play, and it looked like we just weren't. There's another game where we tried to run the offense through Blake Griffin to start, which um, you know we've talked about. I think all Pistons fans are, are tired of seeing that. We shot 31% from the field, 21% from three in this game. And it just was one of those games where we, we didn't look good. And to me, this is a game that's a perfect example of whenever I talked about us, our record being, being an actual reflection of who we are. We were down 28 in this game, almost 30. And we did get it within seven, but that's kind of our MO. We get off to bad starts, we get down big, and then we make it respectable late. Um, but I just, it, I don't think we played very well, and, and that'll transition into the next game. Also, my biggest takeaway from this, though, was we're down six with 230 to go, and we go Blake Griffin ISO. Like, why? Why are we going Blake Griffin ISO? Why are we not giving it to our all-star Jeremy Grant? And I know we'll get into some Dwayne Casey stuff later, so I'll save it for that. Um, but it, it it wasn't a pretty game. 
it, it was bad, Bryce. It was to me it was one of the worst that I've watched this season. And um, even like I mentioned to you guys, you know, I was watching the condensed highlights. I was like, let me see if I missed something. And even if you watch the condensed highlights on NBA.com on the league pass, the first five minute of a ten minute highlight includes zero Pistons highlights. It's like yep. a jazz, just like I don't know. And Hi- highlight my video for the jazz. Yeah, exactly. And my frustration is, um, you know, it, it goes back to Blake Griffin again. And everybody saw what happened at halftime, right? So he rips off his jersey. Is he frustrated? Is he frustrated with the team or is he frustrated with himself? Because right now Blake was a minus 16, okay, in thir- 29 minutes. He was he had 11, 2, and 3, okay? Three rebounds in 30 minutes. And he was four for thirteen from the field, one for six from three, three turnovers. And then I go down the line, and you know I see guys like Isaiah Stewart, who's a plus seven on the floor. And in in a game like this, it's really, it's kind of hard, you know. Like Cedric Bay, he's a plus nine on the floor. Josh Jackson, plus eight. Jeremy Grant was only minus six. So you know, like, and I'm not gonna like say Plumley played great. He had a good stat line, but again, with him on the floor, we're minus 19. So really, with Ellington, Wright, Plumlee, and Griffin, it's like minus 16, minus 19, minus 14, minus 20. And those are your veterans. I I just mentioned four guys, and they're all veterans, and they had the biggest minuses, like on the plus minus on the team. I think what really frustrated people this game, Vlad, was they were down 28, all those guys you just talked about got the game to 11, and what did we do? We subbed all those the starters back in, all the vets back in. So those young guys, and maybe they were just tired, maybe they were gassed, maybe they didn't have anything left, but they played so well to get the from 28 down to 11, and then they got subbed out. I'm going to get into this in the case you think, but have yeah. we just perfected in some ways just thanking? Because it looks great. <laughs> in some ways, it looks great, man. It, it looks like we're in all the games, but we're not. And I'm, I'm starting to believe, like, okay. I hope you're right. If someone is, like, on purpose, whereas, okay, we're going to give him some hope. And, oh, this is a record burden. Is Jeremy comes and say, oh, yeah, we've been playing well. And I was on the bandwagon up until this week. I was kind of on the bandwagon. I was like, you know what? Like, we played pretty decent. I think we could have won a few more games. And I know you are on the other side, Brace, you know. And I think Alex was on, on the same side with you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. Then th- this this week for me was like probably the most disheartening as a Pistons fan. Because we looked so bad both games. And now, Alex, as I mentioned, the second game, it's a 109-92 loss with the Phoenix Suns. And honestly, the only thing I can say about that game, I'm very happy that Isaiah Stewart did a good job switching defense. To me, that was that was a, that was a knock on him. I don't know um, if you guys are familiar with that. It was a pretty big knock that he's kind of like undersized for a center and he cannot really switch. And I thought he did a pretty good job switching the, the you know switching onto smaller guards towards the end of that game. Um, you know, Alex, what was your thoughts on the on the Phoenix game? Well, what can I say? Like you said, it was another bad game. It was another bad game for us. We did not have Wayne Ellington, no Derrick Rose again. Um, we shot horrible. We were horrible from the field. Uh, we were, I think, 37% and then only like 19% from three, which you cannot win games shooting like that. 
uh, it just did not go for us at all. We were horrible. The only p- positive thing for me, like you already mentioned, was Stewart. He had a double double, the second one this season, and he, I felt like he played a good, some good defense as well, which I love to see. Even though we lost the game, uh, I was happy to see him play like that. Yeah, so Bryce, I want to go back to Stewart right now because I know I saw it in your notes. Uh, what do you think about him switching on on the ball screen defense? You know, I, I know you mentioned in your notes that he was uh, did a good job guarding CP3, and I really like that because I knew there was a knock on him. So I was really happy to see him do that because I think the way this team is built or they want to build it is to have you know a lot of guys in that six five to six nine six ten range that can switch and play that type of defense. So that was very encouraging for me. What, what were your thoughts on that one, Bryce? Yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those guys that, you know, as a coach, I guess, or whatever, the coach side of me comes out and I'm like, I want to be able to switch screens across the board. And I know in the NBA, that's not realistic. With some guys, it is, you know, that's, that's the the draw to playing a guy like Draymond Green at the five, because then you can switch across the board for the most part. But I think Isaiah Stewart being able to show the ability to stay in front of CP3. And I realized it was one possession and all of that. It's not something to just like, oh, he's a stopper. But he showed great feet. He flipped his hips. The 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 clip is on Twitter. We we retweeted it. I commented on it. Um, and I just I, I thought it was impressive. And like you said, that was a knock on him coming out. You know, he played zone in college because he was that. You know, his coach was part of that Syracuse. Hopkins is part of that Syracuse zone defense. You know, pedigree. And so the, anything. Anything you see him do outside of just grab rebounds and be an energy guy is a plus for me. Like it gets me excited to see him knock down a mid-range jumper, switch out on a point guard and stay in front, block a shot, catch a lob. All those things are just things he continues to add to his game and, and makes him more exciting of a prospect. Absolutely. And Bryce, I know if you remember, we talked at some point and you were saying how Stewart was saying that, you know, he really wanted to get the, the the workouts before because he felt like he was better than some other guys. And he even said after this game, yes. you know, he's like, there was people saying that he couldn't guard on switches. And he was like, that stuck with me. And I think what that means is that stuck with me and I worked on it. And Alex, yep. as, a, as a big guy, like, what do you think? It's it, it just that the, the way he plays and the way he is, um, do you think – I'm, I'm going to go back to this. Do you think – he can be a starting center now because I'm, uh, you know, I see glimpses of it now. I feel like it. Okay. If he can switch or he's just like a small ball energy that we talked about, you know, maybe what last week on the show, Alex, you as a big guy, well, what are your thoughts on that? Or Stewart keep developing in his hunger and energy and effort? Well, that's, that's his forte. That's that, that more and that uh, desire to go out there and play and battle you know, against anybody. And, uh, you know, we talked about this, how in the NBA, the low post players are not that, uh, how, do I, how should I say it? They're not... Well, they're not, not what they used to be. And they're yeah, not, they're not the what they used to be. be you know? Exactly. And you go into a small ball play and you kind of need a center that can switch like that. And now we've seen, you know, he can do that and he can only develop in getting better doing that but he's also big enough to guard big centers as well 
And, you know, like we've seen, he has the mentality of, I'm not backing down. Like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to go at you. And, you know, I'm trying to help my team win in any way possible. And you, you need, and I would like to have a guy like that on the, on, on my team or on any team. You know, I feel like teammates feed off that energy. And the more they trust him, uh, defensively and offensively, the more he was going to, He'll get more touches, more balls. He's going to gain even more confidence. And I feel like he's going to develop in the starting center as well. Interesting. And just to make something else, Sadiq Bay, Bryce, um, and Alex, I was very happy to see him shoot two for eight, but actually score 14 points because we talked about that. You know, he needs to develop other parts of his game uh, to become, you know, uh, more, of a, more of a threat for us in the future and more a complete player. And now we'll go to three on three, all things Pistons. Uh, and the first thing I want to talk about is Derrick Rose, guys. What do you what do you think about it, Bryce? Um, what were your thoughts on Rose <laughs> not playing these two games? It, it's just to to me, it's getting a little bit tricky. Like, is he getting ready for a trade? I know you know they're saying something else was up, you know, some health stuff, but I feel like it's just a trade coming up soon. Yeah, I, I think. It's, it's hard not to go there, right? We've talked about this for forever. And I think it's, I think it's, I think everybody would admit he's probably our, our best trade piece. We've talked about that before. Um, so he misses the Jazz game because of a stomach bug and Pistons Twitter blows up. Like it is all over the place. Cause, and, and, and you could just, like my initial, my initial thoughts that was this fan base just wants something to happen right now. Our, our, our number, the number seven pick, our first round pick, uh, one of three, but the top one, Killian Hayes hasn't played in what a month. So like that excitement's gone. Like that's why we feed so much off of Isaiah Stewart and Jeremy Grant because it's something exciting that's part of the future. There's nothing exciting. Like it's as cool as it is to see Wayne Ellington bang shots. We all know he's not part of the future. Same thing with Blake Griffin, Plumlee, and all these other guys. So I think Pistons fans are just, they want to see something exciting happen. And I think a trade would kind of get juices flowing, give us something to talk about. He didn't play last night against the Suns. It's the first game of a back-to-back, which maybe that's why he didn't play. But that doesn't necessarily make sense because he hasn't played in a week. So why wouldn't they have played him last night and, and rested him tonight? So... I think there is some legitimacy to it. I'm real interested to see if he suits up tonight or not, or if we start to hear some news. Today was the February 6th was the date where a lot of guys are able to be traded based on when they were signed. So a lot of things have opened up for teams today. Yeah, to me, I think they're just protecting him from injuries, if you ask me. And um, I think he's on his way out. Unfortunately, I don't know how much we can get for him. Uh, but I think any draft pick would be uh, very good for us since Weaver has a great track record of, of you know drafting good draft picks. And uh, a second round Alex, pick? What do you th- would you would would you let him go for a second round pick? Bryce, we are so bad right now that yes, let him go. Go give Saban Lee some minutes. I mean, we're just bad. Let us, and, and we'll get this in a second. Let us get the best odds possible. Like keep on piling losses so we can get. The guys that we, you know, like get a top three pick, and we have the best chance right now to get a th- the top pick in the draft, and we'll get there in a, in a minute. But first, I want to see what Alex thinks about Casey. You know, in Vegas, he's uh, I think he's the 
he's second, right? On the on the highest second, uh, yeah. chance to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know Bryce and I, we I think we talked about this um, at some point that you know his age and his contract. So is he part of the rebuild too, or should we look to you know maybe a younger coach, a long term alternative? Because to me right now. I don't know. Something just looks off. And um, Bryce was right when he said that they kind of fooled us in, in some way that, oh, we're, we're better. And Alex, what, what, do you, what do you think about Casey? Um, yeah, when I heard the stat line from Vegas, I was you know a little bit surprised. But it's not that big of a surprise. Uh, the team is doing bad, obviously. We, we are the last team in the NBA. Um, but you know, that's kind of what we want to do. We want to be at the bottom so we can get a better draft pick next year and then get ready for a build up and stuff like that. But what I don't like, and I, I think a bunch of Piston fans don't like is that we don't do not develop our young core as much exactly. as we like. And I think that's the biggest issue right now. Um, that's why people are frustrated. They're frustrated on Blake. They're frustrated on, you know, Derrick Rose not playing the last couple of games. Um, and, you know, maybe now they're turning also on Casey. And uh, I don't think him, I mean, so far he doesn't look like he's the future coach of our team. I don't feel like he's the long-term coach. Um, but I, that's my feeling right now. I agree with you. Bryce, what are your thoughts? Because Alex just described my thoughts perfectly right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I think this is the, the feeling of every Pistons fan right now is, where are the young guys? So to play the guy that defends Dwayne Casey, I would say it isn't easy to get all of these guys' minutes with the way the roster is currently constructed. We talked about this way back in the in before the season started during preseason games and all of that. There are a lot of guys we'd like to see play. You can't play all of them unless you just absolutely bench Blake Griffin, bench Wayne Ellington, and bench DeLon Wright. If you don't want to play those guys at all, okay, well then, fine. That, there's your there's your solution. But if you're going to play those, he plays 10, 11 guys a night, which is more than most NBA rotations. He just has so many young guys. You talked about Saban Lee. Well, we already have DeLon Wright, Derrick Rose, and Saban Lee. Imagine if Killian was still on the roster. So, but I think there's this thought of, they call it Casey Roulette with, on Twitter with his lineups. And you just never know who you're going to get on a given night. And my thing is, I just would be interested to know why. Why does Fee play for two nights, shoot the ball well, and then get benched? Why does Sadiq Bay only play when Griffin sets out and there's an opening in the starting lineup? Like, it's just interesting to me. I would, I would like to know. Yeah, it seems like he's given these young guys limited opportunities. You know, and yes. I would like to see just more them being more consistent as far as minutes than, you know, like Bay had a stretch of like two or three games where he played kind of bad and he played, you know, not many minutes. I feel like, okay, just give Bay 15 minutes a night, you know, give Stewart his 25 minutes a night. And if that means we're cutting off the minutes of Blake or guys like D Rose, hey, it doesn't seem like we're getting much for them anyways in a trade. So what's the point? You know, agree. Well, yeah, because if if I understood the beginning of the season, okay, first ten games, cool, play them. We're trying to get something in exchange for them. Give them the chance. Give them the ball. Give them the shots. But right now, Blake had like eleven, two, and three. 
I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, nobody's going to trade anything for him other than us buying him out and somebody signing him as a minimum. I mean, it's it's affordable. It's the truth. And I feel like Casey either needs to switch his mindset of how he wants to give these guys minutes. Or I feel like he's going to be in a hot seat very soon. I, I think he lasts a year, though, guys. I, I really do. I don't see us. I don't, I don't necessarily see the point of firing him midseason unless the management, unless Troy Weaver is upset with how much these guys are playing and Casey is refusing to go along with that. I I think we will yeah, for sure I, I see a coaching you. change I, I at the end of the season. season. But I think in the summer, yes. Yeah, and, and that's the perfect yes. timing. You get a new guy in with the 2021 draft pick, Killian's back, all these young guys. Maybe we somehow move on from Blake, and then the new coach grows with the, the complete young core. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we all agree with you, Bryce. And um, since you mentioned the, the 2021 draft, now let's talk a little bit about that because I think everybody wants Kate Cunningham and um, I mean who wouldn't right? He's averaging nineteen point eight, six point four, four assists, like one block, uh, six seven two twenty point guard. I mean hey, um, you know he's um, he's very very good, um, and I feel like for us a second option would be even Mobley. Bryce, what are your thoughts? Should we? You know, should we draft draft Cunningham since we drafted it and we're so high on Hayes? To me, just to give you my quick opinion, yes, you do not pass on a talent like Cunningham. And in the same time, he's six seven, Killen Hayes is six five, Killen has developed a shot more, and I think you can play them together. You know, and I think that would just add a whole different dynamic uh to this roster, you know, and uh, you know, he, he can both I think Cunningham can play both on and off the ball, you know, and long-term, you would want the ball more in Cunningham hands. And you know I've been a Hayes fan, but I feel like we're heading that way, and, you know, I think Cunningham is has more upside than Hayes at this point. Uh, Bryce, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I do not think – I don't think you pass on any of the top three. I think there's – if you broke it down into tiers, Cade Cunningham, Evan Moley, Mobley, and Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga – would be your top that'd be your top tier it seems like i don't think you pass on any of those three obviously mobley's a center so killian has nothing to do with that but i don't think you pass on any of those three for any reason you know worrying about roster or fit or anything like that i think jalen suggs and killian hayes could work together i mean suggs you could argue is a better off ball shooter than kate cunningham is even and could play off the ball and size-wise, he's 6'4", 205. So, like, you have a, a, a good backcourt in terms of size. Cade Cunningham is the prize. I am very, very, very intrigued by Evan Mobley, though, and his fit with this team. And I've seen some James Wiseman comparisons, which I really like. He can stretch the floor. He blocks shots. He averages three blocks a game. And this is the kid out of USC. I don't think if we end up with the number one pick, you take Mobley over Cunningham. But I'm not going to be devastated if we ended up with the number two pick and ended up with Evan Mobley. The only issue there is him and Isaiah Stewart playing together. I think if, if we keep Isaiah Stewart as the backup, I think um, I would be okay with that. For us. I mean, Mobley is a okay. Let's let's, let's put it this way: Mobley is a potential All Star. Isaiah Stewart has the potential to be a very good rebounder, defensive player, but he's he's not going to be an All Star. You know, Mobley has the potential to be an all-star. And, I mean, he's seven feet tall. 
he rebounds very well, you know, and he blocks shots. It's, it's all this stuff that I feel like our coaching staff and our management had put a big prize on it, you know, when they said that they signed all these big guys last summer. They could play together for stretches. Now, uh, people are going to freak out. What are you talking about? Like, you know, Stewart's a center. But they not. I'm not talking about 20 minutes a game. I'm just saying that if you wanted to get Stewart more minutes, you could play them together for a little while because Mobley can stretch the floor. And if Stewart is able to defend, like we talked about earlier in the episode, I think you could play them together for maybe 10 minutes a game just so both of them get their minutes. And then you're freaking dominating the boards and the pay and everything else. So I, I would, again, I would not be hurt. I would not be devastated. I want Cunningham or Mobley. Suggs to me is just a little bit of a step below those two. Well, not just a step below, but he's also very similar to Killian Hayes. Like I for said, sure. you, you bring a 6'4 six, four, six, four guy in as a point guard slash shooting guard, it makes it very difficult. You bring Kay Cunningham in, he's 6'7". You know, he can move him at the two and he can play, you know, basically be with a two-guard front and one six five, one six seven. I think that really makes a difference. But when you have two six four, six five guys, I'm not so high on that. Not because of how good Suggs is great. It's just that we just drafted Hayes. So, you know, what do you do? Or you just bring Hayes off the bench and he was your, you know, he was your number seven pick. I so, wouldn't so really do so- that. So that's what you're talking about now. If if you fall to the, I mean, I think Cunningham and Mobley are going to go one two. So if we fall outside of the number one or number two pick, which you can look at the the draft odds, and I mean, there there there's even if we end up with the worst record, there's you know a better than fifty percent chance that we there's about a sixty percent chance we end up with the three fourth or third fourth or fifth pick. Then you may be looking at guys like uh, Jonathan Kumonga or Jalen Green, G League guys who we haven't seen play yet, but will, you know, up and coming. Yeah, absolutely. I like Jalen Johnson from Duke. Uh, I just like his size. Yeah, sure. He's 6'9. He's, uh, he seems to be one of those guys that just fits the bill for us, you know, like, um, you know, that's 11 and a half rebounds. 6'7, 6'9 range, you know, so to me, I, I would well, look that way also but i do hope that we get cunningham or mobley <laughs> and here's the thing with jalen johnson vlog hey with, with jalen johnson I, and i'm the ultimate that that doesn't like this when this happens he's probably not getting as much publicity and love as what he should because duke isn't very good this year com- in, in, compared to duke standards and so he may be flying a little bit under the radar just because of that Alex Bryce could not wait to just bash Duke at some point. You know, he was waiting for <laughs> lovely well, and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose. Like, they're, they're not. Well, I fine. know, it comes natural. K-U- Your hate for Duke K-U- is very natural, right? It is very natural. Like, it it, it, it bleeds deep. But oh, um, if, if, you want me, if you want me to be unbiased, KU is having below standard KU season this year as well. They just got blown out again by West Virginia. They should be out of the top 25. So, there. That's I'm being unbiased. <laughs> Perfect. All right, now we'll go to around the NBA, which is a, a bigger segment for us today. And uh, you know, being core of uh, of the season over with, we decided to do a little bit bigger segment around the NBA. And first topic, the MVP. Alex, who's your MVP and why? Man, um, well, I gotta say, my first thought was Jokic. I thought Jokic uh, should be the MVP. He's having a great season. Uh, compare him to the other players. You know, he's having more points, more rebounds, more assists, whatever. 
But then I heard Jokic saying LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. And now I got to go with LeBron James. If <laughs> if the player I thought is the MVP, the best player in the league, says LeBron James is actually the best player, I think it should be LeBron James. And it should be because they're at the top of the league. Uh, well, Jazz are right now first, but Lakers have one game behind. Um, but Lakers are top of the league, and usually the MVP goes to the best team in the NBA. Alex, LeBron and the Lakers lost to the Pistons. It's okay. It happens. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) It was just, you know, it was whatever. (laughs) It was a night off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He did not play. Yeah, to me, you see, I do like the thought. And I agree. I think LeBron is still the best player in the league, even though I said it many times. I thought AD was. LeBron has just proved me wrong this year. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to own up to your mistakes. <laughs> no doubt. I have to do that brace. every episode. I have to do that every episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, to me, uh, it's a Jokic and Bede battle because personally, to me, the MVP means who's the most valuable to their team and, like, they can't do anything without them. And to me, it's, it goes to Jokic. And for many reasons, um, he's having a career year, and those Nuggets without him, but, you know, they would not only lose a big man, they would lose like a, a point guard too in the same time. <laughs> it's like they lose, you know, they lose 8.4 assists. They lose rebounding and scoring. And even though Jokic is not a great defensive player, he still gets like almost two steals per game. So, to me, the most valuable would be Jokic uh, because of that. Because if you take him out of the Nuggets, ah, they're very, you know, they're just regular, average. That's it. And to be noted, you know, he's averaged the most assists by a center since 16, since, since 1967-68, Will Chamberlain. And, okay, Will Chamberlain was a seven-footer amongst, what, six-footers then? <laughs> so, basically, he's probably going to, you know, realistically he's going to be the best big man passer of all time as a center and he creates so much for that team and you know it was crazy that he can also go score 40 like he just did on jazz on the jazz one i was like okay i did not expect that happening because i thought you know the matchups was not very good for for Jokic. you know with a gobert or a Millsap, you know more athletic more and he got it Jokic got it done so, to me, the MVP for this year, as of right now, would go to Nikola Jokic. Bryce, who do you have? So, this is perfect, right, for, for our, our show, for radio, is we all have different answers. And I, before I get to mine, I just want to put a plug in for Kawhi Leonard because I feel like that Kawhi and Paul George get no love because of what they did in the playoffs last year, and Kawhi is having a great year. Um, but with that said... To me, it's Joel Embiid. And you guys are going to bring in the KU bias. Embiid's a KU guy. but And I'll admit it. Admittedly, I think this is a little bit of because he's improved so much. I feel like people have been calling Embiid out to like make this step to be the take over the Sixers, be the superstar, be the man. And he's finally done it this year. He's shooting the best he's shot in his career. His per 36-minute averages of points and rebounds are better than Jokic. He has the highest uh, PER in the league. He's the only superstar in the top 10 in true shooting percentage, and he has a top five usage. To me, Joel Embiid, they're number one in the East right now. Um, 
I, I just think he's the MVP at, at this point. And like I say, admittedly so, part of it's because he's finally shown what I think everybody wanted to see from him from the beginning of his career. He started shooting a few less threes. He's you know playing at the rim. I think the argument against him is he has done a little bit of load management and a guy like Jokic um, has not. But I, I love Jokic. I really do. Um, it's fun to see a big guy that skilled. But for me right now, it's Joel Embiid. Honestly, we can't go wrong. You take LeBron I, Lakers, <laughs> they're not that good. You know, um, you take Jokic from Denver, they're not that good. You take Embiid from the Sixers and the Pistons beat them. So, hey, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I just, you know, it, it's just one of those situations that, it might be just more of a personal, you know, favorite type thing because, um, you know, the numbers for, especially for Jokic and B, the numbers are very similar. You they know? are. So they think, are. Uh, Other yeah. than the assists, yeah. we'll, we'll Joel. Does. Yeah. Well, he doesn't create as much. I think he's, yeah, you see, MB is more of a scorer to me than Jokic is more of a creator. And then he can score too. Yeah. So sure. My only problem with MB is, and you, Bryce, you said it, is the load management. I feel like it's going to be unfair to give the MVP to Joel Embiid um, when, for example, Kawhi Leonard last year or in the years he played, we know he's a load management guy, right? He doesn't play that much during the season. But he was having, you know, great numbers, but he did not get the MVP because of load management. And I feel like that's maybe one of the heaviest things that, hangs uh, above uh, Embiid, the fact that he's taking so many games off might not give him or earn him the MVP. That's that absolutely fair. That, that, that's, mean, a, that's a great point. That. <laughs> Bring no, that, 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 that's, that's, yeah. that's very right. Uh, yeah, that, right. That, I mean, because it is yeah. a regular season award. So, so you're right, Alex. That, that's very fair um, to, to put a knock on, on Embiid for that. And I hate it's just a regular season award. It should be the whole thing. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree. Yes. Yeah. For sure. All right. The next topic we got is the biggest disappointment. Alex, I'll go back to you again. Who? What's your biggest disappointment? What team is your biggest disappointment this year? Well, in my notes, I had Mavs and Heat, and they're both equally bad. As in the most disappointing thing that I've ever uh, I've seen in, in <laughs> this season. Seen that. No, not ever seen, but just this season. <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, one of the ever was, I think, Lakers, when they had like Kobe, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, you know, and they did not do that much. I thought, oh, this is going to be an easy win for the Lakers, but it was not like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I know Mavs was struggling and they had some COVID cases and, uh, you know, they lost. They are not where they were supposed to be. Luca had a great season last year. And I thought with Przingis back, they're going to run the league a little bit, get higher in the playoffs. They're not even the playoff run right now. Um, so that's that's a big disappointment. And then Heat, they were in the finals last year. And they kept pretty much everybody. So what the heck is going on there? I really <laughs> thought they were going to come back and you know be mad about, oh, we lost in the finals. We want to come back and show you know, we can do it again. But so far, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Bryce, for the record, he mentioned Luca, no, oh, oh. and we talked about the MVP. 
<laughs> what happened there, Russ? Shots fired. So is, is, can, can I get 30 seconds to admit or, or own my mistakes? I had the Heat as the number one team in the East, and I oh had the Cavs as the number, I forgot as the about number that. three team in the West. So um, I will own my mistakes on both teams because they're, they're first and second on my list too, Alex. So uh, I was way wrong, way wrong. You want me to go with mine, right. with the rest of mine, Brad, or you want to go? Because mine is a little bit okay. different, so at least if they're the same, okay. you, right. you can just piggyback on what Alex yeah, said. Yeah, so just real quick, and I, I won't reiterate everything he said because he covered it. He'd have missed a ton of games because of COVID, but they've still lost games they shouldn't. I thought it was interesting. Jimmy Butler hasn't made a three-pointer this year, and they're the worst rebounding team in the NBA, um, which uh, you know here in Detroit we've talked about a lot because Weaver believes so much in rebounding. And I thought this stat was interesting for the Mavs. Mavs are 13th in the league in three-pointers made, but last in percentage. So they're shooting the worst percentage, but made 13th most, which means they're shooting a ridiculous amount of threes when they really shouldn't be. Um, so again, not to repeat everything Alex said, the, the one other team I'd put in there, and I think this is just kind of a personal, is the New Orleans Pelicans. Like I just, I, the last two years even, and last year maybe give them a, a pass, but like I look at that roster and I kind of like it. And here comes the Duke thing again with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. I just think that they should be better than what they are. And and again, this year, it just doesn't look like they're going to turn that corner. Bryce, what has Coach Kate done to you? I love Zion Williamson. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's not even <laughs> – I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, I feel like, yeah, but just a few things that, you know, it's like – I don't like North Carolina. Like, I don't like North Carolina either because Roy Williams left KU, so like we just haven't gotten into it yet. So maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe we need to get into this this topic sometime. I like American Old Dominion. That's who I like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> me too. Coach Jones. And Coach now Jones. For me, for me, you know, it's is the Wizards. Why? I mean, you trade John Wall, who's helped you done so much for you to bring Westbrook in. So I feel like you raised the expectations, right? And you bring Westbrook Beal. That's a hell of a backcourt. You have shooters around, right? So you have Bertans. You have Denny, uh, Devi Arria. You have Hachimura, who's a pretty high ceiling for, you know, a second-year player. So I really thought they would be, you know, in the top six of the East. And they're very bad. And we just talked about, you know, should we, they trade Bradley Beal? You know, should they get rid of Westbrook? Should they just blow the whole thing up? So to me, that's the biggest disappointment is is the Washington Wizards, uh, because at least for me, you know, with the shooting that they had around those superstars, I feel like you know that would you know free up the lane for Westbrook to drive. You know, when you have two good shooters, three good shooters on the floor at all times, yeah, Bradley Beal can do a whole lot of things and score in bunches. But um, yeah, they're now nowhere that, close to what I expected. That trade looks really bad right now, right? Because the Wizards actually get sent a first round pick with John Wall to the Rockets. So I mean, just the player to player comparison looks like the Rockets won plus the Rockets got a pick. Yes, and not just the player comparison. To me, I feel like John Wall is really helping the Houston Rockets right now. You know, yeah. they're eleven and ten. But uh, yeah, they're above your Dallas Mavericks, <laughs> and they're you know they're playing pretty well, and they're more like a defensive oriented team. It seems to me, and uh, they're doing a fabulous job turning it around. You know, after the Harden trade. Now, guys, what's your biggest surprise, Bryce? What's your biggest surprise this season? 
So I would say the Jazz um, right now, and the, the Jazz to me, here, here's one of my predictions. So they'll probably win the NBA championship. Um, the Jazz, <laughs> the Jazz to me seem like they're going to be a really good regular season team, but not a team that I would be scared of in the playoffs. But they're the best three point shooting team in the league right now. They went on an 11 game win streak where they only trailed for 57 seconds in the fourth quarters of those games. I thought that was a pretty amazing stat. And then they've won 14 out of 15, um, only lost to Denver and, and your MVP, Jokic. So I, I think the Jazz um, have been the they biggest cer- surprise. They certainly lost to Jokic that game. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. He, he, he put in some work in that Unbelievable. game. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yes, it was. So to, I, I did not see that coming. I didn't see them having the best record in the NBA at this point. I don't look through that roster and just love it, but Clarkson has been great off the bench. Gobert, you know, solidifies the defense. And then my close second, and and, and I we talk about apologies and admitting, admitting we were wrong. So this is going to be your chance, Vlad. I think a close second is how about the Golden State Warriors right now? Stephen Curry's averaging the second most points of his career. Oubre is coming around, had a 40-point game the other night. Wiggins, Wiseman looks great. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wiggins, Wiggins actually, and we'll get to this later. Uh, you know, the next topic of, is going to be the All NBA surprise team, and I debated putting Wiggins on it. He's having a very good season for the Golden State he Warriors. Is. And yes, Bryce, I had questions about Steph, and it, it also it's has exactly he answered him yet? Wanted. Has he answered him? Okay, so this is what you well, wanted. Exactly, to this, it's, it's what I wanted. It was what I expected out of him. You know, so the, that that rocky star was kind of disappointing, but I also didn't think about it. And how difficult it can be, you know, having guys like Ubre, Wiggins, you know, it's a whole different ball game without Clay. Wiseman, there, you know? a rookie. And Draymond, Wiseman, a rookie. Draymond didn't play. Yeah, Wiseman, yeah. I think he missed the whole training camp. So, it, really, I, I had the poor job of analyzing the the Warriors at that point. And yes, I have to own up my mistake. <laughs> hey, how good would I know this isn't part of the talk, but how good would they be if they had Clay? With Clay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's going to be. I mentioned that before, though, Bryce. Wiseman's going to get better, and he's going to be more yes. of a threat offensively. He's really going to extend the career of some other guys like Steph and Clay. You did, yes. Or their yes. prime years. He's going to make him better. And uh, to me, I, I love Wiseman. I'm a huge fan of his. And. You know, we'll, we'll talk about like rookie uh, a little power ranking for rookies soon. We'll get that around the NBA, and I'll piggyback on your on your stuff, Bryce, because I'm I'm a Utah fan. It is is the biggest surprise, and um, you mentioned everything that I would have. The only thing is, Mike Conley really turned around this year. It seems that last year he's kind of still adjusting, and right now I feel like he's really that player that we expect him to be. That's why I kind of have an also an old NBA surprise team. Uh, you know, he, he's the floor general, the good defender that we expected him, you know, to be and make the difference for the Utah Jazz. And I feel like he's doing just that. They have their superstar in Donovan Mitchell. You know, Gobert is fa- fantastic at, you know, protecting the paint. They shoot the three real well. They have a high IQ basketball team. They move the ball well. I'm impressed by them. But I'm curious, Bryce, you said it in the playoffs. You don't think they can win it. Why is that? I don't uh, – so here would be my biggest concern. Is Donovan, is Donovan Mitchell that dude? And so that's that's what I would say. Uh, Shaq you know, doesn't you put think him so. In, no, and, and that's – I'm not trying to be Shaq in this and call him out. We just haven't seen it yet. So I'm interested to see. You know, is he going to be that guy that just takes over a series, takes over a game, takes over a fourth quarter? 
Um, but I don't know that I think I don't know that I like their squad better than the Lakers. Definitely don't. Even the Clippers. Now you get to playoffs, and if if playoff PG shows back up, then obviously we could have some issues there. Um, <laughs> but I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just not the sexiest roster, and I'm just playing into that, which I hate because I hate when people do that. So maybe that's what it is. I just don't see them like I want to put money down on them winning the championship. So. Interesting, Alex. What uh, you know? What was your Alex has a good one here. Season? I like I like his biggest surprise. I, I I it's my biggest it's my biggest surprise. I don't know if it's your surprise or not. Obviously, it's not yours because you pick Utah. But uh, you know, I picked the Knicks. The reason I like why this. was yeah, it they sucked for a long time, right? Even I remember they two, were expected two, to suck. Let's exactly that. two years ago. Two years ago, they were dead last. Last year, they were just above the Pistons. Uh, I believe they were 12th in the East. And now they're sixth. Now they're sixth. Like, what is going on? How are, why are they so good? Obviously, Randall is having a heck of a season. And, you know, Vlad, you said he might be an MVP. Well, <laughs> I think if you take Randall off the Knicks, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's a two-man show, Randall and Barrett. They play, um, it's, they, they run the team. But, yeah, my biggest surprise was I did not expect them to be in the playoffs, playoffs as, of, as of now. So, they deserve a lot of credit for their work and what they did so far absolutely and i agree with you alex this and you know dick calling card is defense they're the second best defensive team in the league actually <laughs> and they're the sixth best rebounding team just a fun fact they're the 30th offensive team so dick calling card is defense yeah and bryce just looking at his numbers is this what do you two think is this what we want the Pistons to become because it was said we want to rebound the ball, we want to play defense. So is this our goal to have this type of team where, you know, we're top five in defensive rebounding and we're okay with being not very good offensively? I wonder if, if you know, what do you guys I think about this? Not. I mean, this it just came to my mind because I was, I was like, let me see about the Knicks. And as I'm looking, you know, like they're 30th in points per game. And they're second, you know, in points per game allowed. So they score one, 102.7 and they allow 103.9, you know. And I apologize, they're actually 15 rebounding with 46.7 rebounds per game. So, Alex, I think, yeah, it just depends how you see it. I agree with you. I think the Knicks are a huge surprise and they're huge doing surprise. a great job, you know. They're yeah, doing great a great job, job by Tom in, Thibodeau, uh, right? I mean, and that's his thing. That's yeah. Tom Thibodeau's thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly that. That's how Chicago played for him too. So it, it makes a lot of sense, you know. And now, guys, for the last topic of the day, you know, the All NBA surprise team. Alex, who do you have? You know, who's your best five in this uh, surprise team? Well, I was thinking about them, and uh, I looked through the notes uh, from you and uh, Bryce, and. The, the, the top guys that came into my mind were exactly what Bryce had. And I'm not trying to copy you or anything, but those were exactly <laughs> the guys that were, that were, they, were, they came in my head. Like Colin Sexton, uh, Malik Beasley, Jeremy Grant, Julius Randall, and Sabonis. Colin Sexton is having a great season. He, 
few huge numbers out there. Beasley did the same. Jeremy Grant is our guy. So he's he should be an all-star this season and you gotta put him in there because you and know And the most improved player. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So you gotta put him in there. Please. We just talked about Julius Randle, who, you know, he's having a great season in Knicks, and then Sabonis is having you know, carrying uh, the the Pacers. So I feel like these five guys Bryce, you did a great job. I feel like these five guys deserve to be in the all NBA surprise team. Nice. Some pretty good picks. Bryce, what 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 are your uh, what are your thoughts and why? Yeah, so like, I, and and obviously, um, me and Alex are on the same same wavelength here. So Colin Sexton, he just improved his numbers across the board. I, I think it's really cool to see guys who continue to get better. And I think it's one of those again. The Cavs have probably won a few more games than people thought. And he was a guy I kind of knew coming out of college, but had forgotten about. And then he's kind of burst onto the scene this year. And man, that guy is fast up and down the floor. Malik Beasley, another guy, like not a name I really paid attention to. The Timberwolves aren't any good this year. You know, they're kind of there with the Pistons. He did put up some good numbers in 14 games last year, um, but putting up 20 points a game this year and um, very impressive at, at the two guard. I have Jeremy Grant at the three. And, and again, I know he's a fan favorite. He's improved. We've talked about this. You just got to love what he's done. I hate, I hated putting him at the small forward because I think he's a power forward. But I had to make room for Julius Randle, who both of you guys have talked about. Scoring is up, um, the rebounding, and he's doubled his assist number. So he's kind of being a little bit more of a playmaker. Like in all honesty, I haven't watched a whole lot of the Knicks play this year, but he's doubled his assist number from three a game to six a game. And then Sabonis, you know, in Indiana, shooting numbers are up. And I think this one is one I'm probably just a year late on. I think last year you probably could have put him as like an all-surprise team. Um, but I just wanted to make sure we mentioned them. Pacers aren't a team we talk about a lot. Malcolm Brogdon's a really another guy that you could put on this. He's having another really good year. But I thought Sabonis is a guy that's putting up similar numbers actually to Julius Randle as much as we've talked about him. So that, that, that would be my five. Absolutely. And I agree with you guys. But um, other than Colin Sexton and Jeremy Grant, we have a, a few different guys. And I give my reasons, you know. Of course, Sexton, you know, averaging 35.7 points per game per 100 possessions. He's having a great year. You guys mentioned why he would be on, uh, you know, All-NBA surprise team. Then I have Mike Conley just because of what Utah's doing right now. And I don't think Utah will be the same without him. Yes, Clarkson has a bigger role off the bench. Yes, Mitchell can score in bunches. Yes, Gobert, you know, protects the paint. And uh, they have shooters like Inglis and Bogdanovich. But to me, he's the anchor of that team, and he wasn't that last year. So that's why I kind of put him on a, on a surprise list. list. And then we have Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's a full-blown superstar. He's the most improved player in the NBA. He's an all-star this year. He's, you know, I feel like he's everything that Weaver ever wanted. You know, when he signed him, it's like... <laughs> Probably more, this right? Has, Vlad, has a guy ever went from overpaid to underpaid so quickly in his career than, than Jeremy Grant? One month, that was it. <laughs> Calling his agent, like, hey, can we renegotiate this deal? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I got Blake over here making $35 million, so. <laughs> I get some of yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had to get a job at Blake, sorry. <laughs> uh, then I have Nick Batum right here because. That's a great call. He just felt he, you know, he was done. After watching him in Charlotte, I was like, oh, he's done. And then he kind of reinvented himself as a stretch four. And, um, you know, and he's also on a minimum contract because he got bought out. So, I'm, 
you know, I'm surprised, but he's by his performances, by his adjustment, because it's not easy to go from a three and D guy, you know, to a stretch four. And then, of course, John Wall uh, <laughs> back the whole Wizards thing, because coming off two years of not playing, I mean, I didn't expect this, and not stat wise, not you know any of this, but really his joy of playing basketball and leading that team from day one, you know. Which meant, you know, taking a jab of Harden indirectly. You know, he's like, okay, like we, we need to get him out <laughs> yeah, of here because he he's not helping us. You know, so him as a leader, and I, I'm just, you know, a little bit surprised because he literally didn't play basketball in two years, two full years. Uh, and, uh, you know, Houston's sitting right now, I think, in ninth place in the, in the West, I think, right? And they're 11 10, and, you know, I kind of try to correlate this, this list with some of the, the team results too. And that was, uh, you know, so that was my list for the the surprise team: Conley, Grant, Nicholas Batum, Sexton, and John Wall. Uh, there's other guys, you know, that that, that I thought about, like uh, Nikola Vucevic, having a great year. Uh, quite a few guys can can be named on this team. All right, and now for the last few minutes, we're just gonna talk quickly about our next games, which one of them is today. We're recording this Saturday, so. Uh, one of them is the Pistons Lakers at a Staples Center. I don't want to talk about that one because that <laughs> one is going to be ugly. It's going to get ugly, I think. Uh, then next week we have a little home stretch. You know, we play the Nets. Without KD, Nets, most likely. Caesars. Oh, my God. That's so frustrating seeing that the whole thing. It's like he had three tests yesterday. So, KD had three tests yesterday, for those that don't know. And I think they send him to the locker room, what, third quarter, right? Yeah, he played and, a little bit. I, yeah, and because the whole tracing thing, after three tests in the same day, that's crazy. It's really uh, – I can imagine it's very frustrating. We need to and, talk about the All-Star uh, game next episode because there hasn't been great reaction to that yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's going to be certainly on our list for any NBA. Into that. Yeah. So we got the Nets. We got the Pacers at home. Then uh, we go to Boston, and then Sunday we're going to play the Pelicans at home again. So three out of four games next week can be at home, and then uh, you know one on the road in Boston, and we're playing tonight Saturday in uh, in Los Angeles. What do you guys think about this stretch right here? I just hope I see I think, a lot of young kids. I don't really care uh, yeah. about results. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, I think if you just look at those games, I think the team I'm most interested to watch outside of us would probably be the Pacers. Um, they're the least sexiest team, but I'm just interested to see Sabonis and Brogdon. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm interested to see, do, does somebody get traded this week? Do we continue not to play Rose, Ellington, maybe even Griffin as much so we can see these younger guys play? Rodney Magruder has been playing at the point guard some the last couple of games. It's interesting to see if that Too trend much. continues. To, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't understand that. You know, that's the Casey Roulette thing. I, I don't understand it. Um, why don't you play, and, play Saban Lee? Saban Lee, right? I love Saban Lee. He brings so much juice whenever he plays. And I, I'm ready for a Jeremy Grant, like, just explosion game. Like, can he go for 30, 35, 40 one of these games? So, um, and Stewart, obviously, is is incredible to watch. So, those are some of the things I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, I'm looking more like matchups. You know, I want to see um, Jeremy against KD. I want to see, you know, Stewart against Sabonis. Is he going to get under his skin? Well, more stuff like that. You know, again, Jeremy Grant. With Tatum, you know, they had their matchups. 
uh, more stuff like that than uh, the results because clearly we've we're actually in a bad shape right now uh, as far as you know playing and um, not not many hopes honestly to say like oh we can still a game here and there honestly it's it's, it's tough to say that uh, Alex what are your expectations about this week yeah it's a tough schedule uh, we won against the Lakers uh, before we're not going to do it again. Uh, Brooklyn is just such a tough matchup for us. I feel like Kyrie Irving, if he's going to play, he's going to just demolish the team, pick and rolls and uh, attacking the basket. He's just too too quick. Maybe Stewart can surprise us all and stay in front of him, but it's just too hard. And then Indiana Pacers, it's winnable, but it's going to be tough. Boston, they're playing great. That's going to be tough. Maybe New Orleans. But it's, you know, we already lost three games in a row. We need a win just for morale. But I I don't, I just don't know which one is going to be. I have no idea. It's okay. We don't need a win. We're fine. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But come Cunningham on, just for us. Probably. At this point, you know, we're looking at a draft. We're just playing our odds. And uh, hopefully we end up with, with one of those two guys because uh, I think both can really be franchise changers. I think this year we drafted very good and with a lot of potential. I don't see any of these three guys being a franchise changer. You know, Kate Cunningham can be um, uh, maybe like a Luka Doncic type thing. You know, Mobley can be a Wiseman type thing where they, they give you a lot of, um, you know, a lot of pros right right off the bat. You know, a lot of pluses on on uh, on a lot of categories. So that's that's my biggest hope right now because the way we've been playing and um, yeah, it's there's nothing to look forward to as far as uh, the games unless the, the young guys are on the floor playing a lot of minutes. All right, and that was it for today. We thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, make sure you give us a shout out on Twitter. Bryce handles that Twitter. Uh, Motor City Hoops on Instagram. Motor City Hoops show. Um, Alex does most of that or Facebook and Motor City Hoops. And uh, we would love to hear from you guys. We would love to maybe add a segment at some point with some questions, some fan interaction. Yes, please. We, we would love to just write us and, um, you know, we'll make sure to respond. And uh, if, if some of these questions are very, very good, we'll make sure to put them on the show. So please reach out to us. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.